the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. As a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, a broker, dealer, and registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Satera is under separate ownership from Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Rosenthal Wealth Management Group is located at 9265 Corporate Circle in Manassas, Virginia, and can be reached at 703-330-3100. Chris McKay is not affiliated with Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, nor Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Bob Jones is an employee of Rosenthal Wealth Management Group and affiliated with Satira. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Well, welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. And Larry Rosenthal is here in studio with us. Looking good on LarryRosenthal.tv. Yeah, give us a give us a shout out there if you get a chance to get out there to YouTube and watch us as well as other places. Yes, Larry. Yes, sir, Chris. Well, good morning. How are you and Bob doing today? Oh, we're doing all right. Yep, Kicking glad to in. see Bob back in the studio with us. Yeah, good to see him. Definitely. Yeah, if y'all <laughs> want to see us, check us out on LarryRosenthal.tv on YouTube, and like to obviously continue to welcome our longtime listeners on SiriusXM channel uh, Family Talk One Thirty One nationwide, as well as our local listeners. On WAVA in the D.C., Baltimore, uh, and uh, uh, Washington off, uh, locations, I guess you could say. You Area. There you go. 105.1 FM, right? Exactly. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. And again, yes, Saturday morning. That means it's open mic Saturday. No questions barred whatsoever at all. So give us a ring with any questions at all on the stock market, the economy, the Federal Reserve, mortgage rates, taxes, Social Security, whatever's on your mind today, estate planning, 855-ROSE-123, 855-ROSE-123 or 855-767-3123. Well, Chris, what mm. happened this past week in the markets, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was, it felt like I was at uh, Silverwood or some one of these other amusement parks there for a Yep, while. let me just put it in perspective for us, okay? Let me put it in perspective as I do. Now, I don't mean to be a <laughs> naysayer, and I don't want to fill everybody's eyes with rose-colored glasses either, but let's just analyze exactly where we are right now. Question. Did inflation break, or did we just confirm that inflation has peaked? Uh, did inflation break, or is it confirmed that it peaked? Hmm. And I'll give you a little bit of a hint, Chris. Here's the answer. We don't know yet, okay? <laughs> I like that answer. We don't know yet. We, we surmise we definitely have a tremendous amount of confidence at this point that inflation has, in fact, peaked, okay? That's what the market's realized. But has it broken? 
You know, in June, we had the high of inflation of 9.1%, and now it's tracked all the way down to 7.7%. So this past Thursday morning when the uh, uh, when inflation came out at 7.7%, you know, here, here, here's the deal. It, uh, people were expecting uh, inflation month over month to increase by 0.7%. Instead, it increased by 04 <clears throat> and on a year-over-year basis, people were expecting it to still come in at at uh, at eight point zero, down from eight point two the prior month. But it dropped all the way down to seven point seven, and that propelled the markets up Thursday, oh. and then again a follow-through on Friday. A lot of you the know, pundits say that that was an overreaction. That it was just too. The much markets too soon. always overreact to the downside and the upside. Yeah. We live in a market of extremes, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Okay. Mm. But at the same time, maybe some of those pundits are a little wrong, too. And I'll break that down for us here in a moment. It wouldn't be the first time. Yep, yep. So, you know, for for this past week here, the S&P was up 5.9%, the Dow up 4.1%, and the NASDAQ tech stocks were up 8.1%. So, so what does this mean? What, where, where are we here? Does, does it mean that the Fed stops raising rates? Most likely, no. You know, uh, a, a single print of inflation from from 8.2 down to 7.7, those five basis points or half a percentage point, doesn't mean we're in the all clear. Okay, so where is this going forward? Well, the Fed's going to meet again in December. They meet December 12 and 13. Then they meet again at the end of January 31st and February 1st. Then they meet in March, May, and June. And like I've been telling everybody all year long, we're moving toward that Fed change. And at first, everybody thought that Fed change would be we're going to raise rates and then lower rates. Not so much the case, and I kind of agree with this, and I've, I've, I've said this for many, many months on the show. The Fed's going to go to a pause. At some point, it's going to pause. Right now, there is a uh, 81% chance baked in that on the December 12 and 13 meeting, they're going to go ahead and raise interest rates again a half a percentage point. That's going to take us right into that zone of about 4.6%, 4.5%, on the Fed rate, Okay. And when you take a look now at where inflation is, if inflation drops again in November, the second week in December, we'll get the inflation reading for November, right? If inflation drops maybe from 7.7, maybe even down to 7.4, 7.3, we're going to see inflation sliding down. And at some point, the Fed's going to pause, whether it's the January slash February meeting or March or whatever it may be, right? Okay. When they when the markets see the Fed pause, the markets are going to celebrate that as well. And the reason why is because now think about this for a second. <clears throat> right now, the markets need clarity. Well, the markets always need clarity of direction, and we don't have that. We don't know what interest rates are going to be three months from now. If you're looking to buy a house right now, what are rates going to be, Chris? You don't know. If a CEO of Company A wants to buy Company B, they don't know how to do the math. Because we don't know if rates are going to be going forward. We know they're they, going to be high for a while, but yeah. They're, they're going to be high for a while, and that's the whole thing here because traditionally so, – so, so the big question at the end of the day here is this, is, is you know, has the Fed raised too much right now? Because we all know that when you raise interest rates, monetary policy has a lag effect. It takes several months for a rate hike to actually be impactful in the economy. We're just now starting to see that. 
So the question becomes this. If the Fed, let's just, let's just say the Fed says in January at their January meeting, okay, that, that they're going to pause interest rates right now. They're going to stay where they are. They're going to they're keep them elevated maybe for a handful of months and let, let the Bureau of Labor Statistic numbers give us the, sat, the, 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 the data set going forward, right? Okay, then at some point, what happens if, if, if they need to raise again? They can. But what happens if they need to lower? They can. But my point is this, is at some point when they do hit this pause button, that's when we're going to realize, you know, has, ha, we still won't know if the Fed's over-tightened at that point. Okay? And that's why they want to do this slowly the way they have been. Um, instead of just going way up really quick, they want to do it more slowly the way they have been over the last several months and then hit this pause button and keep rates elevated. They're going to keep rates where they pause at for some time and let monetary po- the lag of monetary policy changes affect in, into the economy. That's what's happening here, and that's what's going to give us clarity of direction. We are so close to, to a pause point than we are in the middle of this cycle. We're almost there. You know, the Fed has said, hey, look, you know, probably 50, maybe 75 in December. But but the way it looks now, I, I would say 50 and then possibly 25 in January. OK, maybe the January is a pause. Maybe it's the March one. Who knows? Right. But at some point, we're going to hit that pause button for, for all this. And that's when the economic data is just going to sit there and it's going to come through and, and we'll see exactly where we are. Because what the Fed doesn't want to do. They don't want to over-tighten, but they don't want to pause too early either and have inflation rear its its ugly head again, okay? So I would be in the camp of confident inflation's peaked, but it's not broken yet. But it's getting beat up a little bit, okay? It's getting beat up a little bit, and that's where we're moving to. So we're almost at the end of this cycle right here, and which brings us to a point. It brings us to a question today, you know? Um, <clears throat> where, where, you know, you, you, you take a look right now at, at what's happened in, in the treasury markets. Okay. Um, you can buy a, a one year treasury bill. These are the rates as of the other day on, on Thursday, because the treasury market wasn't closed, was closed on Friday, uh, for veterans day. And, and, um, uh, you know, the one year treasury sitting there at, at about 4.6%. So think about that. You can get a government backed guarantee of 4.6% for one year. Oh, beats a lot of CDs out there, you sure know, does. so, so, you know, and, and if, if, if you hold that, let's suppose eight months from now, interest rates start to come down again, that principal value of that treasury bond, uh, excuse me, treasury bill could actually go back up again. Hmm. So kind of interesting, uh, when, when, when it comes to that. So bottom line is this is, is, uh, it looks like inflation has confirmed its peak in June, hopefully. And it's starting to take uh, take some gut punches, and, and hopefully it continues to track downward. You know, some projections that I've seen is at the end of 2023, inflation ends up somewhere around four and a half to five and a half percent. You know, it, it's not going to get all the way back down because of energy policy, because of supply chains, and things of that nature. But we are on the good path right now. We we definitely are. Um, you know, so I was actually sitting around doing some math the other day, looking at the looking at the markets going, well, if we have how many more days to get us back to the, the highs again? And, uh, you know, we're closing in on it, 10 more days like that, and we're back. <laughs> but those are just parabolic days. They don't happen all the time, Chris. Yeah. You know that. So, yeah. 
So, but you know, we'll we'll see how how the markets react this week. We've got a lot of economic data coming out as we always do, you know, and and finishing up on some corporate earnings, and see just where it all comes. So, so, but the good news is it's a process. We're working our way through it, and we're closer to the end of it than we are just the middle of it. So, hey, I know we got to take a quick break here. Let's open up our phone lines. It's Saturday morning, so give us a call this morning with any of your financial planning or investment questions. Eight five five Rose one two three. That's eight five five. Seven six seven three one two three. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment with more making money sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at eight five five Rose one two three. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. There are still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. Started with your financial plan today at LarryRosenthal.com or call right now for the financial planning toolkit, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123. 855-ROSE-123. And we talk to Larry Rosenthal, who's right here in studio. Got a couple of calls coming in, Larry. I think they want to talk to you today. I would, too, given the markets and the things that have happened this last week. Sounds good to me. You know, hey, this is the season. We're turning the season into the giving season, right? That's right. You know, so uh, Proverbs 22.9 says, The generous themselves will be blessed, for they shall share their food with the poor. In Matthew chapter 6, 3, it says, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Mm-hmm. So don't make a spectacle of it, you know. Donate anonymously. You know, that's what the Lord likes is, is humility. So <clears throat> when, when, we, when we look at this past mar- uh, market uh, this, this past week, uh, do we have a FOMO bounce? So let me give you some, some, some advice here. You know, fear of missing out, last week's market bounce. Let's look at some logical points right here. Um, you know, so where do we go from here? Now what, right? In order for the market to have a bottom, let's suppose that this was the bottom. In order for the market to hit a bottom, we have to have people selling, right? 
So that means prior to this past week, people were still selling, meaning they were out of the market. And then all of a sudden, a piece of news comes in, and the markets shoot way up. You know, the tech market was up 8% this past week. The S&P up 5, the Dow up 4 and change. So, so if you think about this, there were people that were selling. In order to get to the bottom, people have to sell. And now they're out. And all of a sudden, with one piece of economic news, they could have missed this bounce. So now my point is this. What if that was the bottom? I never call tops and bottoms, okay? It's, it's a losing proposition. But my point is this, is what if that was the bottom, then now you're sitting in cash or in bonds and you're out, and you've missed this, this several percent rebound. Now what do you do? Do you chase? Do you dump it all back in on Monday in, in, in hopes that that was the bottom and it just keeps on propelling its way up? Or do you dollar cost average in? Or do you systematically or, or tactically buy money, uh, buy positions on future dips? Because we will all have future dips again. Okay, What is it that you want to do? So don't chase. You have to have a plan. You have to stay to that plan. Stay true to it, okay? Don't chase because you end up selling at bottoms and buying at tops, and that's not a good scenario to be in. It never is uh, when it comes to, to trying to chase a market, especially one with wild fluctuations the way we have now. Let's welcome Charlie on the line from Ohio. Good morning, Charlie. How are you today? Fine, Char thank you. How can I help you? wondering where you purchase treasury bills uh, you can you can buy them through an advisor like ourselves you can buy them directly at treasury treasury.gov okay yep so oh, where's my that was easy button right <laughs> that was the easy button yep that's exactly right so you know and and when, when you look to buy these uh, Charlie uh, understand that that if interest rates continue to go up, the principal value of that bond's going to go down. But if you hold it to the maturity date, you'll get back the principal you put into it. It'll mature at par. On the other side, if interest rates drop while you're holding it, your principal value could go up and you could sell it at a larger profit, plus get the interest to the point that you've held the bond. Okay? So understand how they work and understand the time frames that you're dealing with on this, okay? If you want, I'll be happy to send you out some information okay. on, on, how, how, on how they work, okay? Would you like that before you start to purchase them? That would be fine, yes. Thank you. Okay, I'll do that. I'll, I'll ask you to uh, just stay on hold for a second, and Bob will get your contact information, and we'll send you out a, a whole kit on the different Treasury bonds, notes, and bills next week. Appreciate the phone call. You listen to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Joanne on the line from Georgia. Good morning, Joanne. How are you today? Good morning. I'm fine. How can I help you? Well, um, we're buying a house, and the mortgage rate is seven and a half right now. Of course, they're asking if I lock it in. Um, do I want to lock it in for sixty days, which would put us closing at one uh, January seventh? 
So my question is, should I lock it in or should I do what they call a free lock or well, Usually, I guess I, what I, I'm asking is, 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 is the interest rate going to go up or down before then? Well, we know that before you go to closing, the interest rate's going to go up probably 50 basis points. Uh, the Fed's most likely going to raise. Now, now they affect the short end of the curve, but traditionally, you know, that, that will push mortgage rates up a little bit because that's tied into the 10-year note. So if, if you're able to lock in um, – Rates just came down the last couple of days, but if you're able to lock in now and and they offer you a free one-time reduction, in other words, if rates drop between now and when you close to get that free mm -hmm. dr drop that you can capture, that's what I would do. And remember this, too. Interest rates go up and down, and, and yes, interest rates historically, where we are right now today, Joanne, interest rates are still low comparative to history. But compared to the yeah. last handful of years, they're very high, right? <clears throat> so you're, you're, you know, think of it like this. You're, you're kind of married to your, your house, but you're just dating your interest rate, okay? You're dating mm -hmm. the, the, the mortgage rate for, for a while because at some point rates will probably come back down again. And then you can refinance as well. But I would, take, I would try to take advantage of that uh, opportunity if they give you a one-time drop, Okay. Yes, they do give that to me. Thank you very much. They're Absolutely. Well, con congrats on the new house. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening <laughs> to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Walter on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Walter. How are you today? Hey, doing, I'm blessed. Thank you. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you, sir? Wonderful. Listen, uh, I uh, saved up some money in a building to financial retirement Uh I retired now, and I've been retired now for three years. But uh, I called them, and I wanted to get some of that money because I, you know, need some some working capital. And they told me that if I did take it out, I wanted to take it out totally because I really, you know. But they told me I go, I would be taxed on it. So I asked them, was there any other thing I can do to put it, you know, put it somewhere, you know, where I can at least gain something on it or whatever. Uh, uh, they told me they didn't have anything, so uh, I have some money just sitting there, uh, and I did want to. I want to take it out, but if I'm gonna get taxed on it, you know. Uh, so Walter, it sounds like to rocking a hard place here. It sounds like to me that the money's inside of a retirement plan. You can always move that through what's called a rollover. You can you can roll that money over to another investment vehicle without it being taxed. Yeah, but they don't have it there. Well, you can roll they it somewhere else. I asked them, do they have anything where I can roll it over? They told me no, because now, see, they, they, I'm not any money is no money's coming out of my retirement, and now, so uh, once you what, retire, what type of retirement is this? That's what only what the savings when I was working? That what I type of retirement? Out, but now that I'm, there's no more money coming out of my check. What type of retirement program is this? It, it was just a. Uh, so, Walter, the information that you're giving me just doesn't quite make sense to me. If it's an IRA, then you can, you're free to move that wherever you want. And if the current place doesn't have anything that's earning interest for you, that's a little perplexing as well. So, so um, I don't really have an answer for you. I need to see exactly what it is. I, I need to see a copy of this statement. Do you have any statement on it? 
Yeah, they called it a 457 plan, but that's what okay. it was. Go okay. Okay. Now we're getting somewhere. Yep. So in a 457 plan, now are you still working there? No, I reti- I'm retired now. So okay. There's no more- Coming in, so the money's just sitting there. The, the, the total is, is there. There's no more money coming out of my check. Uh, I was giving to something like every week out of my check, so I was getting paid weekly. So yep. now there is uh, there's nothing coming out of my check at all now, and it's been sitting there for like I've been retired now, going on three years. So um, yeah. So the so depending on what's inside inside that account, you have multiple investment choices. And if you're sitting in maybe the money market type of an account, it might not be paying much, but you have a whole lineup of investment choices that you can move the money around within that plan to get it growing for you. They told me I don't have, they don't have anything where I can move it. So I, I told them I could take it out and move it, put it into somewhere else, like a money market or something, or put it into my credit union or something like that. No, uh, uh-uh. I, 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 um, we we need to call them and find out what's going on here. I think there's some miscommunication or something happening, sir. Um, yeah, if if you like, I'll be happy to have one of our advisors reach out to you next week and and take a look at it because those plans are portable and you do have lineup of of different a lineup of different investments inside those plans. I'm, I'll tell you what I'll do, Walter. I'll place you on a quick hold, and Bob will get your contact information. We'll have one of our advisors uh, give you a ring next week and step you through exactly what you need to do, okay? That sounds awesome. Absolutely. I appreciate the phone call. Hey, you're listening to Making Money Sense. It's Saturday morning. Give us a ring. No no questions barred at all. 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. So many different ways to invest money. Lump sum deposits, buy and hold, market timing. How about dollar cost averaging? Put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval, whether it's monthly, quarterly, annually, whatever it may be. This gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares. You want to keep buying more and more shares over time. On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years. You've seen and heard him on Fox Business, CNBC, and The Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is The Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to The Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123. Get on the phones and talk to Larry here, 855-ROSE-123. Larry? Sure. Let's talk about Social Security today, right? Yeah. How's that sound? (laughs) 
Well, you know, no, politicians don't want to talk about it. Why do you want to talk about it? I want to talk about it because they need to talk about <laughs> yes, it. Yes, they do. Okay, it's Amen. coming up. That's for sure. So, you know, hey, in 2023, some good news. Social Security recipients are going to receive a an increase of 8.7%. That's a pretty good raise for most people. That's a pretty good raise. Yeah. Absolutely. With, without a doubt, no doubt about that. The bad side of it is it's because inflation was so high, right? Okay. Are they going to take it away when inflation goes down? No, they're not taking it away. Yeah, nope. there you go. They usually don't take it away. So at some point, you might come out ahead here a little bit. But, you know, that also brings to the table some more taxes, too, because if you're getting more money, you may have to pay more taxes, right? Mm. And, you know, going back and taking a look at history here, a little history lesson for you this morning, Chris. I like history. I like yep, it. Yep, yep, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, you know, back in, in – uh, uh, the early 80s, back in 1984, um, they started taxing Social Security, okay? And they put in levels. If, As an individual, if, you're, if your modified adjusted gross income was above 25000 or married filing jointly, it was above 32000 you had to pay taxes on the first 50% of your income. Okay. Well, in 1993, they they changed it to 34,000 for single and 44,000 for married couples, but then they increased it from 50% of your income to be up to 85% is subject to your taxes, and they've never increased that number for inflation since 1993. So every year, it's capturing more and more people all the time into this little tax trap. Now, there are some people that due to this rate increase at 8.7%, they're going to bump up into one of these brackets, into either the 50%, where 50% is subject to to um, income taxes, or 85% is going to be subject to income taxes. So for some people, a small amount of people, it's going to push them into that tax bracket creep is what we call it. But bottom line is that, you know, Social Security is going to give out a raise this year, 8.7%, which is a very good thing from my perspective. I actually had somebody this past week tell me, I don't think Social Security is going to be there. (laughs) Well. And and that's yeah, I, I hear you laughing. That's what everybody says, you know, but yeah. I just don't see it. I, I think it's it's woven into the fabric of our nation. I can't imagine a sitting president and Congress at some point down the road, which is twenty thirty two, by the way, mm. saying, Okay, there's no more money left, right? You know, Social Security's a math problem. You can fix it pretty easily. You know, uh, you, you can extend the retirement age past sixty seven if you mm. wanted to, you know. You can reduce benefits. You can raise the current payroll tax. You know, it's six point five percent or whatever it is. Uh, you, you can take it to, to seven. Most people aren't going to miss that half a percentage points, but aggregately across the nation can fund a lot of dollars. Uh, you can raise the ceiling on the Social Security wage base. Um, reduce future benefits, as I mentioned. You can you can change the formula that calculates the benefits too. Uh, so, so there's a handful of things that, that somebody at some point is going to have to do. So I, I disagreed with this person when they said, I don't think Social Security is going to be there for us. I'm like, no, it's, it's probably going to be there for you. And by the way, taking Social Security is one of the biggest financial decisions that you, you could make in your life. When should you take it? Should, if you're retired early, should you take it at 62 or 64 or wait till you're 67 or 70? What's the math on that? And the best way to do it is to put it into a financial plan 
to be able to see exactly where your dollars are. If you want to see how one works, go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. We've got one right there on the front page, and it will show you because it's important to understand what your benefits are and how best to take them for, for you and your family. And a lot of times people will be surprised, and I'm going to, you know, here it is. A lot of times you, you should take it earlier if you can, if you're not working. That's the deal. And many, many times we've run out financial plans to, to prove all of this. Hey, let's welcome Frank on the line from Virginia. Good morning, Frank. How are you today? Good morning, Larry. I'm doing great, and thanks for all your great efforts in getting this information out to us. I have uh, two questions related to emergency funds. Could you go over just briefly what we sh should consider in terms of factors in determining how much money we should have in an emergency fund. I know it changed for different people, but how, what factors do, do we usually use? And then how does, I'm, I'm 80, so when my life insurance runs out, which will be in a couple of years, what do elderly people do in terms of either putting resources in an emergency fund or when it's impossible to get another life insurance policy? So thanks, whatever you can shed some light on that, I'd appreciate it, thank you. Sure, Frank. So, so we need to have, you know, it's suggested to have anywhere from three to six months worth of living expenses saved up in, in the bank or bank-type products or cash equivalents, whether it's treasury bonds, CDs, money markets, things like that, three to six months. Now, that also depends on, on whether or not you're working or retired, right? And, and it's interesting, too, because over the last several years, you know, banks have been paying hardly anything, if anything at all, right? And so a lot of people have been moving part of their cash reserves into some bonds just to get some interest on them. But if you stop and if you take a look at, at what people's, you know, real emergencies are, a lot of time insurance covers that, health care, life insurance, things of that nature. So, so, but it's recommended anywhere from three to six months. As far as what should somebody in their 70s or 80s do if they're, life insurance is running out by you saying running out frank i assume you have a term policy um you can contact that insurance company if it is a term policy and see if you're eligible to do a term conversion into a permanent policy so that you can keep your life insurance for the rest of your life now you have to pay the cost at the attained age but you don't have to convert all of it let's suppose you have half a million dollars of of term insurance and it's going to expire in two years you can contact them and say, hey, I want to convert 100000 of it. You still got to pay that premium at that attained age, but at least it gives you the opportunity to, to move money into the life insurance. And a lot of people, I see this oftentimes, Frank, where a lot of people, especially that are retired, will take a little bit of their interest earnings out of their investments each year and fund a life insurance policy. Because if you think about it, for, for, for every dollar you put into a life insurance policy, you're going to get 20 or $30 tax-free back out of it, basically, right? So when you, when you look at that scenario, maybe your cash flow cannot afford to cover the life insurance premium each month from your pensions and Social Security and things like that. But maybe you say, you know what, the reason I want life insurance is to pass tax-free assets, assets onto heirs. So why don't I take a little bit of interest earnings that would otherwise go to the heirs, okay, and put that into an insurance policy to create even more tax-free dollars than what they would have gotten from the market. So, so a couple things right there uh, to, to, to really think about. Let's go ahead and welcome Akeen on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Akeen. How are you today? I'm fine, thanks. you yourself? I'm doing well, sir. How can I help you? 
Yeah, I'm just calling to ask a question about a uh, 401k. So I look at my account now and I see that I've lost 35000 So what advice do you give or what should I do? Uh, because I can't, I kept seeing the, uh, the money kept going down. I understand because the economy is kind of shady right now, but what do you advise to do? Akeen, are you still working and putting money into it? Yes. That's great news because you're putting money in at cheaper share prices. Think about this for a second. Last November, when the market was at its all-time high, November, December, you would put a dollar in and you would get so many shares. Now you're putting a dollar in, you're getting more shares. And one day when the markets get fixed and come back, that's where you're going to get a sub substantial compounding performance number. Now's the time to keep investing. So that's good that you're doing that. As far as what you should do with the principal that's inside the 401k plan right now, I want you to just work its way through. Let it work its way through. Now, depending on what you're invested in there, we might make some subtle adjustments or changes, but don't cash it out and, 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 and put it to the sideline. This is a process we're going through, and the history has shown that markets do come back. So this, we need you to be patient right now with it. Don't sell out of it, okay? Just keep on buying. Keep on doing what you've been doing. Does that help you? Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Yep, absolutely. And I'll tell you what, if, if you wanted to, I would. Uh, uh, we'll take a look at the lineup of investment choices in there and start you down the road of a, of a balanced financial plan. Let me put you on hold here for just a second. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. It's open mic Saturday. Give us a call with any questions at all. And, uh, you know, we're all over the map today. We're talking <laughs> Social Security. We're talking the Federal Reserve, 401K funding, mortgage rates, all different types of things. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. We'll be back in a moment with more. The Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. And here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. We've all heard the more risk you get, the more opportunity there is for growth in returns in your investments. However... Can you have too much risk in your investments so that you get diminishing returns? You can only water ski behind one boat at a time. Make sure your risk-adjusted return is aligned with your investment objectives. with your financial plan today at LarryRosenthal.com or call right now for the Financial Planning Toolkit, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123. I've got a couple of lines available for you. If you'd like to dial in and call and talk to Larry, 855-ROSE-123, 855-767-3123. Larry. 
Sure, Chris. Let's welcome Dorothy on the line. Good morning, Dorothy. How are you this morning? Good morning. I'm well. How about yourself? I'm doing fine. How can I help you? Yes. So um, my husband and I were both in law enforcement, and my question is about our 457 plan. I was reading that some states will not tax um, 457. Um, do you have any knowledge about how exactly does that work? Is that federal taxes or state taxes if you have that pension plan? Yes, some states will not state income tax retirement plans, the income from it. That's correct. I think there is 11 states, if I remember correct, 7 or 11. Well, 7, 11 is a store. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, think, I think it's 11 states out there that, that will not tax that. Can we swing out and get you a cup of coffee there, Larry? Yep, exactly. <laughs> but that is correct, Dorothy. Okay, now you still have to pay federal tax on it, okay? Okay, so my husband and I, we get to retire young. Um, like I said, we're law enforcement. We're under a pension. We get to retire by 47 years old. And we're currently in Maryland, and we uh, realize that living in Maryland, um, the state taxes seem to be extremely high. Do you think it would be wise for us to just um, move to one of those 11 states, or do you think it would be wise for us to stay in Maryland, although our home it will be paid off in the next two years? Well, Dorothy, that's, first of all, I thank you for your service, by the way, okay? And uh, secondly, the answer to that, yeah, the answer to that question is really found in a financial plan. You know, if, if you're going to move from, from, from your home to another state, maybe you don't know anybody there, and, but maybe that other state has higher property taxes or higher something or other. Do you see what I mean? So we really have to take yes. a good look at, at analyzing that. I, I mean, I've had this conversation for years with clients all over the country about this exact same thing. And it always comes back down to, you know, do you like where you live? And how do you weigh that against cost, you know, the cost in, in Pennsylvania or Tennessee or wherever it is that you're thinking about going, right? Um, you know, and possibly maybe your home in Maryland, you could sell it and buy a home for cash in another state, you know? So there's a lot of questions involved in, in, in analyzing that, and it's, and it's a it's, it'd be a good exercise for you, and, and that 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 would be based off of a financial plan, and and that you know. So the answer to your question is, uh, I would explore that, okay, um, but but uh, I can't tell you. Yeah, go ahead and do that and move to Tennessee or whatever state it is. You know, we'd have to look at property values, locations, healthcare systems, the whole nine yards, right? Yeah, yeah. So here's what I can do, though. I can, I can uh, if you want, I'll be happy to have one of our advisors reach out to you next week and set up a time to maybe get you started down the research road, and we can help you out definitely with that. We've done this for many, many clients over the years because it is a thing. You know, if you can save, if you can save six percent uh, Maryland state tax and move somewhere else, and you know, and you and, and you're drawing, you know, fifty grand a year or whatever the pension might be, do the math, right? You know. Yeah. That's that's a lot of groceries, a lot of groceries, that's for sure. <laughs> so I'll put you on hold, Dorothy. Bob will get your contact info, and then we'll have one of our advisors reach out to you next week and start you down the road of a financial plan and discovery of of all this stuff. We'll have a whole list of questions for you, for you to really take a good look at, okay? Okay, thank you. Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's bring Sally on the line. Good morning, Sally. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for taking my call. 
Sure. How can I help you? Yeah. So um, my first question is I have a pension from a prior employer, and I'm 63, and I was wondering what's um, the best time to go ahead and um, start taking that pension, or do I just do that? I'm no longer employed with that employer. Um or do I wait as long as I can since I'm still working? Well, Sally, here's, here's the, the answer is we need to contact your old employer's pension plan and ask them if you would get a, an increase if you waited to 62, okay? But at 60, at 60 oh, I'm sorry, at 65, but at 63, you may get the same amount of money you'd get at 65 if you started if you started at that point. So, you know, that that's where the answer is. Okay? Okay. Yeah. So so um we can easily uh give that a phone call for you and 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 help you with that. Sometimes there are what's called age discounts. If you pull on that if you pull on that pension before their normal set actuarial date, then you do get what's called an age discount and that's what we have to find out. Okay? I'll send you out some info on that and, and, and uh, help you with some of the questions to ask. But that's really the bottom line right there, okay? And then, and then if you don't need the money, obviously the money will come in if you choose to take it. You have to pay tax on it, but then you can turn around and invest that money too. The question is, is it, is it continuing to grow as a result of you not taking it? And at what rate will it be growing? That's the math that we have to weigh against, okay? Let me place you on a quick hold, Sally. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I'm my second question is I am um, self-employed for the past two years. I think I uh, started at COVID, and I haven't been putting any money into my Social Security because I haven't really taken a salary. Um, should I just, instead of taking a salary, put money into Social Security? So have you been making money? Are you paying taxes? Or has your last I'm two years you've been losing now. money? Yeah, and um, but it's been, you know, the businesses. I just I'm able to pay my staff and pay for rent and pay for all the other things that I need to operate my business. Yeah, well, if you know, so are you taking distributions of earnings, and you're not you're not paying any any when you're self-employed, you pay self-employment tax, okay? You still pay into yeah. FICA tax, right? And if you're telling me yeah. you're not paying anything, but you're covering your expenses and your employees and things like that, and you're operating almost at a loss from your income standpoint, then the answer to your yeah. question is if you're not kicking in anything on Social Security, then you'll get a zero for that year's computation. And the computation on Social Security is the last 35 years average of your earnings. That's what it is. So they're probably not going to hurt you too much, but, yeah, I'd like to see you get some money in there if you can. Okay. Are you taking any distributions of earnings yourself? Um, I don't think so. So talk to your talk I... to your tax preparer or your bookkeeper and see if you're taking distributions of earnings that avoids the FICA tax, okay? But there's a formula there if you ever get audited as to, you know, if 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 your income's 50 grand and and you're taking you know, 45 of it from distributions of earnings, then they may come back and ask you, well, would you would would somebody do this job that you're doing for $5,000 a year? And the answer would be obviously no, right? So so you have to sort of mix and match that. And, and that really comes down to how you do your, your bookkeeping and what your CPA recommends for you. Okay. Okay. 
Um, see, I, I have, uh, I think we do have some info on the, on district. Yeah, we do have it on sub S corporations, LLCs and stuff like that. Sort of a flow chart, which I can send out to you that you can take a look at. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. Absolutely. Sally, glad I can help. Let me put you on hold here real quick. Appreciate the phone call. Let's go ahead and bring on Annie from Texas. Good morning, Annie. How are you today? I'm well. How can I help you? Yes, sir. Um, I have a question. I get paid like once a month, and um, the first thing I do is I pay all my bills at the very beginning, like even my credit cards, everything. And I just got married recently, and I got a son, and it's like so the extra money I get, you know, I, I spend it on him and stuff. But my question is I have these credit cards, and they add up to probably about 400 a month. And I'm paying like the bare minimum. I haven't charged anything. Well, the only thing I did charge is I did buy him a new bed, but I had paid off what was before, but then I bought him a new bed. So that's interest-free for so many months. But my question is, what is the best? Is it better to pay off the smaller debt or the higher debt? Or would it be best if I uh, I got in an accident and my truck got uh it got totaled, but I still owed like $4,000 on it. And so I got this loan like at One Main Financial. And so my question is, would it be a good idea to go maybe redo the loan and try to get more money to pay off all these other debts where it's like 27%, 25%, you know, all these other ones? Or would it be, or basically would I be in the same boat paying, you know, the same amount. Well, Andy, the, what I what I want you to do is pay the one off with the highest interest rate. Okay, uh-huh. that that's the way that I would go go about doing it. Now, some people will say, well, if you've got a small balance on one and you can pay it off really quick, just to sort of relieve yourself and say, hey, I know that I don't have that one on me anymore. Some people will do that, but the math says to pay off the one with the highest interest rate first, and then as far as um, uh, you, you were saying that that you were looking at a consolidation with all of them together. I I, I I'm lost track of what you were saying with the car and stuff. Well, well, uh, like I said, I have I was in a car accident and I still owed like they paid off so much on the truck, but I still had a balance from the accident. Okay. So, and I have to pay, and I'm paying that like it's like a hundred. $70 or $180 a month that they're taking out automatically. My question is, one main financial, would it be would it be good for me to go and do another loan with one main financial and get maybe like a six or $7,000 loan on top of the 3000 that I still owe to pay off all this other, the other debts? Yeah, if they're willing to do that for you, sure. You're just going to refinance everything. That's not a problem. It all boils down to what your cash flow ends up being. If if this one loan gives you a reprieve on cash flow each month, then that you know, let's you said you're paying $400 a month right now. Let's suppose this one loan that you you do with this other firm takes your your total loan payment down to $300 a month. Now you're used to paying 400, so now you can start applying 100 towards principal and paying this thing down earlier. Okay, 
So okay. that's so I would explore that option, Annie. I definitely would, okay. and see how the aggregate comes out in the end. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Absolutely, and I'm going to send you out our financial planning toolkit. Okay, and that's going to help you with some budgeting items and questions and things like that. Okay, Annie. Yep, let me place you on a quick hold, and Bob will get your information, and we'll send that out, the, the toolkit for you. So appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. Hey, don't forget, go visit our website, LarryRosenthal.com. Sign up for our newsletters. We send out a monthly newsletter. There's no charge for it, as well as a weekly market commentary. comes out eh, Monday mornings or so, pretty much. And uh, it's, it's full of information on what just happened in the markets, gives us a little glimpse into what's coming up with uh, uh, new economic data in, in, in the coming week and just sort of keeps you abreast of really what's going on in the, in, in the markets. Pretty good market, stuff. Yeah, it is. It's, it's yeah. market commentary things. So uh, check it out. Go to the website, LarryRosenthal.com. Follow us on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter right there. And, um, you know, also check out our, our upcoming webinars. We'll be announcing some of those here pretty soon. We've had some, some changes going on, but uh, uh, with uh, the, the economy and inflation, so we're going to get ready to, to blast out some information here on some market commentaries. We want to get a couple more data points behind us so that we can uh, make an impactful webinar. We've been doing these all year long and, fun. and getting people from all over the country on them, watching them and, and, and things of that nature. So. You know, some retirement questions here, Chris. You know, okay. when do I want to retire? You're never retiring. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, is that the deal? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the retirement checklist. When do I want to retire? Where will my retirement income come from? Mm. Think about this. You know, these, these are some questions. I, I, I uh, was speaking with somebody earlier this week, and they said to me, you know, what, 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 how much money do I need? You know, well, wait a minute. When do you want to retire, right? Because maybe you can retire now and you don't even know it. Maybe somebody says, hey, I'm retiring, and you go, uh-oh, you might not want to retire now. You might need to work a little bit longer. When do I want to retire is a question. Where will my retirement income come from? How stable will it be? What's the tax efficiency on my retirement income? What happens if taxes go up? in 2026 because they're slated to and you're basing your retirement income based off of today's taxes we know taxes over the next 35 50 years are going to go up and down all the time that's what they do they stay within a range and they go up and they go down can your retirement income handle can your budget handle can your cash flow handle a rate increase in taxes at some point down the road factor that into the equation as well right so lots of information there on on uh, retirement checklist. I've got a whole checklist in front of me here. If you wanted to give us a ring, uh, I'd be happy to send it out to you as well. I uh, didn't get through everything on, on the show, Chris. We'll fast-forward things to next week, that's for sure. Uh, plenty of data here, plenty of data. So check us out during the week. Give us a call if you have any other questions at 855-ROSE-123. And don't forget to visit our website, LarryRosenthal.com. Sign up for uh, following us on Facebook and, and social media as well as, as our newsletters, too. So for Bob in the back, welcome back from your vacation, Bob. Good to have you back in the studio with us, as always. And Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week, and we'll be back next Saturday with another session of Making Money Sense, The Larry Rosenthal Show.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.